do you need to know your ideal client? Like, you know, your best friend, you need to know her in and out that you can create content from a place that speaks directly to her or him. Okay. My ideal client's a, a girl. So I always tend to go with that first. You need to know those things because if you're just creating content that again, is for your ego, it's me content. It might look pretty, but it's not going to convert. So in regards to conversion, you really do have to have kind of a two-pronged approach. You have to fish and you have to hunt to find these leads. Welcome to the Coffee with Courtney podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Marie, web designer and CEO of Courtney Marie & Co., After building a multiple six-figure design agency, I wanted to create a podcast to share everything I've learned and am still learning to help you grow your business. Each week, you'll hear from me and other experts, share tips on branding, marketing, business, and so much more. So if you're ready to learn how to run a successful business and stand out online, grab your cup of coffee and let's dive in. I can't wait for you to dive into today's episode. It was so good that it ended up being, I think, an hour and a half. So I decided to split it into two parts. Part one is dropping today, and then part two will be dropping next week. We're going to just split it kind of halfway, try our best, halfway through the episode. So you can listen to part one today and then part two next week. Hello and welcome back. Today I have a super exciting episode. Um, I have one of my best friends with me, Emmy Cornwell. If you follow her, she has a Hey Hey Emmy show. Super excited to bring her on. We always have good chats. So welcome Emmy to the show. I am so excited. Thank you so much. It's fun to be here because I know when you had a podcast previously, we did have it slated that we were supposed to do this. And so it's a long time coming. And what makes this even more special is when you're listening to this, we actually recorded this podcast. In person. In person. In Texas. My first in-person interview, and we're just literally sitting at my desk with one microphone. This is how you do it. We're in Austin, too. So Joe Rogan, like, has nothing on us. Yeah. Joe Rogan, if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) Joe, is that you? (laughs) Today, we are talking about how to make money on Instagram as an online coach. So we're going to get dive into specific details, but I also want to talk about how Emmy uses Instagram for her business. I have a couple questions of my own. Um, so we'll just dive right in. So tell us a little bit more, just so they can have a background, what you do specifically. Yeah, of course. I mean, I won't, I won't bore you. Really, nothing with me is boring. No. And I... <laughs> And I actually teach my clients that boring equals broke. And so Instagram is one of the places that I love to hang out on because it's just an extension of me. So who I am is I am an online business coach specifically for Instagram, as well as a social selling expert. So all of the things that I do for my personal business as a coach paired with, I also have a leg of business that I do affiliate marketing out of, which is a very successful income stream for me. Whatever I'm doing, it's all online. But that's not how I started. I didn't just wake up and become an entrepreneur. I actually, by trade, um, I have a master's degree in sport management, but the last J-O-B that I did was in an elementary school librarian and I served at a local pizza and pub place. But during all of those times, I had a network marketing business that kind of just introduced me to entrepreneurship. I mean, outside of like having a lemonade stand. Did you ever have a lemonade stand when you were little? No, maybe I had the thought of doing it, but I never. Oh man. I also sold coffee at my dad's school because he was a librarian. I would make coffee in his little like espresso machine and go sell it to teachers. So I feel like I've always had an entrepreneur kind of like taste in my mouth, but because I was so focused on sports in school, I never really explored that until adulthood, until I was in my thirties. The network marketing company that I was with was, um, it ended up being restructured. And so I decided, what did I really want in life? Did I still want what I said I wanted when I was drinking the Kool-Aid at that company? Well, the answer was yes. I still wanted to provide a future for my family down the road, getting married and have kids. And I wanted financial stability. I wanted to be able to have money by the time I had kids so I didn't have to worry about it and I could be someone who would be present with their, with their lives. 
And so what happened is I was in the health and wellness industry. And if that's you, God bless you. You guys are the real MVP because helping people lose weight, which is what I did, was like pulling teeth. I might as well have been a dentist. I might as well have been a dentist. But I was utilizing Instagram in that business and I became really, really good at it and I enjoyed it. And I was like, shoot, okay, I'm good at it. I enjoy it. This is the wave of the future. People are going to need this. I'm going to make money doing it. And that's where I started. And honestly, I got a coach. That was Mm -hmm. the first way that I entered into. Fastest way. Yeah. And and so I love that we're talking about how do you actually make money as an online coach? Because Instagram is one of the tools that you do that with. How would you say you use Instagram to mesh the two or mesh your businesses, but just mainly like how do you use Instagram yourself as a business owner? Ultimately, what what I do and what I teach my private clients, because I work with people one-on-one privately, as well as I do strategy sessions. And then I have courses and memberships that I've also created as well. But what I do is I teach your, you're building a personal brand. Like Mm -hmm. it's based off of who you are. If you don't know who you are, I don't care how well you know your ideal client. You could maybe build a great business, but it's not going to be sustainable because ultimately it's not going to be true and authentic to who you're truly created to be. And honestly, that is my main mission in this, in this world and on this earth is to help unlock women, their true identity. And so everything that I teach stems from that. And if you don't know who you are authentically, because remember, social media is an extension of just who you are. It's just an extension of your real life. You have to put the social back in social media. And so building a personal brand, that is how I use Instagram. I have multiple businesses as you've, you know, I've, I've shared but it all comes down to me in this one account. Now there is some like, that's not black and white. Cause that's a big question mm-hmm. that I get is like, Hey, you know, I have a podcast or, Hey, I have, you know, this X, Y, and Z other business. Should I have multiple Instagram accounts? It just depends that that's not like a yes or no question. I would say, generally speaking, I lean more towards one account just cause here's, here's the true fact. It's really hard to grow multiple yeah. Instagrams at one time. time, unless you have a team of employees. Yeah. Not just a couple of VAs here and here, here and there, like an actual team of employees. Then you can grow multiple different Instagrams and give them each the attention that they need. Would you say uh, Instagram is like the top of the funnel for you? Like that's the biggest tool that maybe you get clients through DMs and that sort of thing versus sending them to a sales page and so forth? Yeah, absolutely. So Instagram is my main funnel. Uh, I do utilize Facebook a little bit just because it is more of a warm market for my affiliate marketing business, but Instagram has over a billion users. And so that's to me over a billion leads. And that's what I do is I help online business owners generate more leads and cash with using Instagram as their main funnel, but not their only funnel. And then I use an email list, which I very much so sell in, but a majority of my selling is done socially in Instagram stories. And that's like, you know, that's how I started too when I was doing fitness coaching. I think I just was on Instagram and maybe Facebook group, but like I didn't have a website. I didn't have a sales page. I would just message people and then I would hop on a call. I don't know if that's how you remember starting. Yeah. I mean, you had network marketing. Yeah. But you really, people think they need all of these different things to actually make money on Instagram. You know what you need? You need a phone. And if you have an Android and you're listening to this, God bless you, but get an iPhone. Like that's your money tip of 2022 business tip. We still like you. Yeah, we still, we still like you. But Instagram specifically is actually created and designed for the platform of Instagram. With, the, with Instagram in mind, I, that is where that app was designed for iPhones. Um, so you want to be able to have a phone. You need to have like Calendly. You can use Calendly, yeah, something to fun. schedule like these calls and <laughs> kind of automate them. Because for instance, my 60 minute strategy sessions, the link is in my bio. It's connected to my PayPal and my Calendly. So that's the third thing that you need to make money is you need some way to collect payment. Collect payment. Yeah. So I, it's automated. Someone can just go in, you know, I set up my calendar. They can book a time and date that works for them. The money goes into the PayPal, goes into my business account and bam, you just got paid. You don't need a website. You don't need a sales page. Now, the last year in my business, I have had some of those things. I've incorporated that into my strategy. But if, if you're just beginning or you're 
you know, still working a job plus trying to do, you know, start your online business, maybe the best place for you to start is not having a website or a sales yeah. page. How long would you say it t- it took you to grow your community on Instagram or audience, followers, whatever you want to call it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good question because it does take time. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's why I asked yeah. it because, you know, a lot of people get into, let's say you are starting it and you're like, I want to make money now. But then you tell them, oh, you know, it took me two years to build this. And they're like, what? <laughs> Yeah. Most people don't want to hear that. It's not, it's not the sexy answer here. And I'm going to give you a really visual or, well, you're not, I'm going to paint a picture for you Mm -hmm. of what happened and how long it took. And if you're looking at other people's accounts and you see like a hundred thousand followers or they don't even have to have that much, but then they only have 10 likes, 20 likes, guess what? That's fake engagement. And that's engagement that they bought because they were under some pretense that if they had X amount of followers, they would that would equal X amount of dollars. And that is just not the case. Now, it used to be when bloggers first came out and brands started to collaborate with what we now know as micro-influencers, they did go based off of or follower account. They would extend different partnerships with you. But that is not the case. Brands collaborate with creators who have at least a 4% engagement rate. That is what they look at, not the follower account. So don't compare yourself to some other account that has massive followers and think that they're doing what you want to be doing or man, they must be super successful because you don't actually know. Well, and one thing I'd like to add in there is, you know, out of your follower count, if you are looking at that, you want to look at, you know, how many of those are your actual ideal clients? Because if you have a ton of followers and a certain portion of those are only your, let's say 20% is your ideal clients, your content is probably not going to be seen in front of the people that actually need to see it. So it's actually better to have a lower count with, you know, true ideal clients who are actually going to see your content. I know I myself, I went through my follower list and deleted a bunch of people that weren't my ideal clients because I knew these people would never buy. They're either fake accounts. They're actually dragging down my engagement. Um, So it's actually a good thing to kind of go through and clean up your follower list as well. Which is so good. Leads into what I wanted to share with you is before I was in the health and wellness. So I had a health and wellness coaching business paired with the products and affiliate marketing um, through a network marketing company. And I would get at the height of that business and that and my Instagram at that account at that time, I was getting like 500, 600 likes on a photo. But here's the thing, Instagram changes over the years. So that picture, I bet if I would have taken that picture of me in a sports bra, you know, in a kitchen holding a smoothie and put that now, I don't think if I was still in health and wellness niche and, and kind of like category, I don't think it would get the same amount of likes because really Instagram over the years has moved away from the me content. Like, look at me, you know, look at how cool I am to the we content. Really your Instagram is not about you. It's about your ideal client and who you serve and helping them get one step closer to their goals. That's why you see a lot of shareable graphics and that content because that's adding value to that person's life. So what I did when I pivoted into business coaching, I also had close to like 8,800 followers Mm -hmm. and I went and deleted probably three to 4,000 of them. Yeah. And I had to check my ego because I was not now just not posting brand photo. And then, you know, this pattern grid of then a a white quote and then a, you know, a stock (laughs) photo and then a branding photo. Like now I do a lot of shareable graphics because if you look at, if you look at your insights, I'd be curious to see what people are sharing in yours. They are not sharing a picture of me in a bikini on their stories. Mm -hmm. They're sharing a quote that says likes don't pay your bills. You know, they're sharing something that is really relevant to them. That's going to add value. So I had to check my ego because I went from having like 500 to 600 likes to like 30 was like the max. Mm -hmm. That's hard. That's hard. also really low. Like I've noticed for me as well. It's like, all over the place right now. I really don't know. Well, that was a couple years ago. What? So, oh, yeah. So it took, to answer Courtney's question, 
<laughs> as, our, as our host so kindly looks at me. <laughs> it, took, it took about six months of intentional posting five times a day of quality content that was niche to specific to Instagram. After I pivoted from health and wellness, it was niched to helping people with their Instagram. And I showed up in stories every day, six months for it to start to turn the tide, Yeah, to turn the tide where the follower count was going back up. The likes was going back up engagement. I have a huge engagement rate. Uh, people are commenting on my stuff all the time. There's conversation going on, which conversations equals cash. And when you're actually in the service mentality that, you know, the mode of actually serving someone, you want to have conversations with them. You're not just trying to sell them. So it took, I would say approximately a year to then really start to monetize it in a consistent way. And then now it's been almost two years where I have developed that community mm-hmm. where when I put something out, when I create something, I've already built that no like, and trust factor that people know I don't produce basic crap. Like what they're going to get from me is high value. It's going to actually help them. It's not blowing smoke up their rump. It's going to be something that when they invest in it, they're going to have a return on their investment. Smoke up your rump. Yeah, don't do that. You don't. Okay. Stop it out there. If stop, you stop it. Yeah, if you're blowing smoke up people's rumps, you rah, stop it. Get out of town. Get out of here. <laughs> um, okay, what are some struggles that your clients, um, or what are some common struggles that you've seen from your clients that have with Instagram? Well, speaking of ego, checking ego, our ego is there meant to help us, Mm -hmm. you know, as humans, it's put in our body for self-protection, but your ego will lie to you. And so the biggest thing that people have, the hardest struggle with Instagram is they want to be perfect. Mm. I, I can't post this caption because I don't have exact right words to say, or I can't get on video because I have, you know, acne right now and I'm selling skincare or I can't, I can't show my face on video because, you know, I haven't cleaned my office space and I'm a professional organizer. And so there's like this fear of lie that you're being in inconsistent with who you say you are being versus who mm-hmm. you are in real life. Now, here's the thing. Some of that actually ends up being true. And that's why one, one of the reasons why entrepreneurship is actually one of the greatest personal development tools is because when you do show up online, when you do decide to be vulnerable, I'm not talking like you know, dear diary vulnerable or like having to ball your eyes out vulnerable. But when you show your life, that's a vulnerable thing. You're inviting people in right on the journey. You have to actually do what you say you're going to do. It's like almost like a form of accountability. Yeah. And so to me, I think it's a, a really great personal development tool to be like, okay, you say you live your life this way and this is what you're promoting to your clients. Well, are you actually doing that? And if you are, you should be documenting it. So I think there's this, this struggle with perfectionism mm-hmm. kind of on the, the mindset side of, of what people struggle with. But I would say on the strategic side, like kind of the actual item side is video. Really? Yeah, like absolutely. Any video stories? Any video. Reels, like, okay. Any video. Cause so there's video. So there's four different ways you can use video on Instagram. One is through lives. Okay. And then you can do, they used to call them IGTVs. Now they just call them video, which kind of makes this whole thing confusing when you're talking about video. So lives, video, reels, and then stories. Would you say like doing lives is still as popular or still good for engagement? Yes. So you should have a day and time of the week that happens every single week where you go live. And here's why is because one that provides dependability with your community. They can depend on you. They know when you're going to be, where you're going to be and and what you're going to deliver each and every week to them. No fail. Even if you have other places that they can, you know, digest your content. Even if you have a podcast like I do as well. Um they know that you're going to be live on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time every week. Let's talk about kind of how to mesh the two together because I know when I first started, and maybe you went through this too, like you struggle with, okay, I have a podcast, I have Instagram, I have Facebook. How do you differentiate the content? Do I repurpose it? So why don't you touch on that a little bit? How someone 
could utilize maybe reels or going live if they also have a podcast? What would that look like? Yeah. So here's the second reason why you do want to go live is the algorithm likes the dependability too. So yes, still incorporate lives into your strategy. Also, you can repurpose that live onto your feed and that video. And those, those views and likes may not give you the sexy numbers of any metrics that you want, but my AKA IGTV <laughs> live lives that I've put on my feed to video, those actually convert because they're usually value driven. They're not just entertainment, but I teach edutainment with the entertainment and the education paired together. So how can someone take these forms of video on Instagram plus pair it with a podcast? I mean, gosh, there's so many different cool ways. You could do all your reels specifically to each and every episode that you did on your podcast. Like you could Mm -hmm. let your podcast drive your content strategy for your reels. That's just one idea. Like take the podcast episode and take the like four ways or whatever. And then for more, listen to the episode. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Because here's the thing about podcasting is it's long, long form searchable content, right? So a podcast, I, I, my first ever podcast that I did, I only did six episodes. It was called perfectly not plus size and you can still search for it. And Mm -hmm. there are people that still download it. Yeah. What about yours? Yeah, I get, um, actually last year I got two fitness inquiries from the podcast. I'm like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I don't do fitness anymore, but I forgot that my podcast was still up. So it is a thing. It is a funnel. Yeah. And it should be part of your long-term strategy to pick a long form. So either podcast, YouTube, or Pinterest. Again, you can't do all of the things right away. No. I'd You'll nev- drive yourself insane. And that is another struggle, I think, overall, just for online business owners is they see other people at their chapter 30. <clears throat> you're at your chapter one. You want to go from zero to 60. You want to have the team. You want to have all the different revenue streams. You want to have all these different platforms you're on. Pick the big two. So either Facebook and Instagram. Well, we just talked about that earlier. Like when when you see when I see a business owner starting a lot of new things, it makes me question them a little bit. Like what's really going on behind the scenes? Are they successful as they seem? I don't know. Um, but when you zero in on one thing at a time and scale that one thing, you can have that success scale it and then add the new thing. Otherwise you're just spreading yourself too thin. And we were just talking about that earlier. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to do, if you try and do everything just like on Instagram or any type of marketing, really, when you try and sell to everyone, you actually, or speak to everyone, you sell to no one. So you have to master two big social media platforms. First, I choose Facebook and Instagram just because I actually love TikTok. I absolutely love TikTok, but if like I posting on TikTok, just all of it. I love I like consuming, consuming it. <laughs> <laughs> I like consuming it. I like, I potentially would like doing it, but as a business owner, I knew that I would actually be wasting my time and feeding my ego as opposed to my bank account. And so I've chosen to stay off that app for now until I'm at a point in my business where I can implement that strategy. I would rather, and this is what I did after. So I did Instagram and Facebook. Then I started my email list then I have a podcast. I would rather do a podcast than TikTok because I'm not just trying to go viral. Yeah. Anyone can go viral. Yes, that is a possibility. But if that's your strat that if that's your one strategy you're hanging your hat on. How many of those are ideal clients? How many of their ideal clients? But it's not you might as well go play the lottery, right? Because you have about the same odds. It's not sustainable. And a lot of times those people who are going viral on these these platforms don't even know how to monetize it. They have nothing set up to monetize it. They're just hoping that they can get hashtag TikTok famous. Yeah. And that's happened. We have seen that happen. I'm not saying it's not possible. Addison Ray is by far the top income earner from the app TikTok. She has a Netflix show now. I don't even know who that is. She's like the one that started doing all the dances before. And then Charlie something is the, is like in the top five of being paid for TikTok. But she did the movie, the remake of She's All That on Netflix. Oh. I forget what it's called. He's all that. He's all that. I mean, I loved corny cheesy <laughs> movies. It was great. I love those type of movies. But she did. She went TikTok famous. But you also don't know their background. Like, no, no. Who do no. they know? What connections did they have prior that, you know, they're not yeah. all these just girls from next door. Here's what I'm saying. It's not a it's not a viable strategy for you. It's not one for me. 
And quite frankly, if you want to make that bank cash in, you have to have a strategy that monetize. Yeah. So there's so many different ways you could take all of your funnels or platforms, whatever you want to call them and utilize video. You can let this, like the topics or the theme drive your content for each piece. You know, we talk about repurposing content. So maybe you choose one topic and you then write a blog post from it. Then from that blog post, you take that and write it, um, use an email. Then you take some of those things and you make it a reel, you make it an IG live, you make it a pot. Like you can make it all these different things. It just depends what works best for you and whatever strategy you're going with. I'll share a strategy of ours that now that we're incorporating the podcast. So for me, what works best for me, I like to write all my Instagram stuff and like I'm in control of my Instagram. That's my baby. That's, that's all me. Um, and then I have my team do other stuff and other platforms. But one thing that I've always looked at what takes me the most energy and the most time, it would be the podcast. So for me, it made sense to start with the podcast, record that, and then pull the content from there. You could do that with YouTube. So like start with the, my advice would be to start with the one that takes the most energy and the most time from you and then repurpose from that piece of content. So from a podcast episode, you could pull an Instagram post, Instagram story, blog post, so many other things. And that's what, that's what I do now. Yeah. I didn't always do that, Mm -hmm. but I have two podcast episodes a week. My podcast editor writes the show notes from the show notes. And I write, I have the caption. Yeah. I have taught her my cash method, which is my proven method to create captions that convert to cash. I've taught her that. And so we're working together a new partnership and she's learning. So I usually go in and edit the show notes, but from the show notes then I create, it's already how I write my show notes is almost exactly to how I would write an Instagram post. Yeah. So really I take that and then I kind of tweak it a little bit. Like I usually take some fluff out if there's any and I use it for an Instagram post. It just makes it so much easier. Way easier. Um, okay, getting back to because I want I have a lot of questions that I want to go through. And she does. I asked her. I go. You're asking all. Oh yeah. Wow. We're going. Maybe we not all. <laughs> I don't know. We might have to do a separate one. Um, what are? Mm, let's go through. What are some common mistakes that you see happening yet today on Instagram? Well, people being fake because. Oh, other than, I mean, <laughs> What is real anymore? I oh, yeah. Showed, yeah, so I just showed her the face app. Guys, I... <laughs> I did I not got, know this I was, was a thing. I was consuming on TikTok. Me either. I was like, gosh, why are all these girls like so beautiful? And they look the same. And I saw this on TikTok, the whole face app trending challenge, whatever. I download it and I'm like, what in the world? I almost cursed. What in the world? It completely changed my face. And then what happened, I was like, oh my God, like, I like that. <laughs> so I showed her the app last night and we just, we transformed Emmy. Is this where I say, it's nuts. It, that's nuts. That's nuts. <laughs> I always say that when I'm around Courtney for some reason. And so then she always repeats it back. It's, you're in on the inside joke now. It's stuck. Okay. It's that's stuck. nuts. That is nuts that people do that. Okay. So besides that, but Emmy, this what app, else? This app is unreal. Yeah. You don't need it, guys. If you want to make money, don't need it. No. I mean, I'm all for a good preset. Yeah, and a, <laughs> a good filter. Instagram gives you, you They're want pretty. to, you do want to use the tools that Instagram gives you. They reward you for using filters. And I just use a smiley face filter today because it's fun and it fits my brand. Well, and as a brand like designer, I feel like aesthetic is even more important. Totally. So like I'm all about those presets, but changing your actual cheekbone structure and eyes and body. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I was going to say something, but I'll, I was going to say, you know what I was going to say? Wait, what are you... That's nuts. Oh, that's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but here's some other common mistakes is one, people are selling 24 seven. Oh, still? Or they're not selling at all. Here's the thing. If you're a business owner and you don't actually sell, you know what you have? you have an expensive hobby. Mm, Yeah. Okay. And I know if you're listening to this, you are a business owner, which means you're not running a charity. I mean, maybe you do have 
aspirations to have a nonprofit like I do, or, you know, maybe you, you do, but ultimately you're not mother Teresa. You're not Buddha. You're not Gandhi. You're not the Dalai Lama, whatever the male version of mother Teresa is. You're running a business, which means you can be compensated for the value and, and expertise that you give. That's okay. Those, those things are mutually exclusive. You can help people and make money. So I would say in regards to selling the biggest mistakes, because that's, that's one of my expertise area of expertise I teach on is how to sell, right? We're talking, that's what we're talking about is you're either selling all the time and you're not letting people in on your real life. Like, who are you? What do you do? Yeah, what do you actually do? Why are you doing what you're doing? Like, what do you eat? What are you wearing? Who do you hang out with? What do you do for fun? What are you reading? People want to do that because your Instagram, specifically your stories is where you develop that nurture, that relationship, that know, like, and trust factor through video. And that's ultimately where you sell because that's where people buy. They don't buy off of logic. They buy off of emotion and they buy if they like you or not. So either you're selling and you're just putting like quotes and graphics and you never have your face shown. Like, listen, you're building a personal brand, which means you are the person of the brand. Again, it's not about you because you're serving your ideal client, but you're either selling all the time and not having a personal connection with your audience or you're not selling enough, which then to me is like, well, what's the catch? Yeah. You know, if you're offering 15 minute discovery, free, free discovery calls, stop that right now. That does not, in, in my opinion, I don't know, you might have a difference of opinion, but that doesn't actually get anyone to click that link in your bio. Cause they're going to be like, well, why is she giving this? If she's so good at business, how does she have time to give free? Wait, so you're saying don't do free? Do not do free discovery calls. You don't do calls for people interested in working with you? So the only way that you can work with me privately outside of a 60-minute strategy session or any course or membership, so my one-on-one private coaching, is through application only. Oh, oh. So if I if I accept your sense, application, yeah. then we're going to get on a 30-minute goal-setting Zoom Yeah. where I'm leading a structure. It's not like Hey, if you like have questions to ask, like let's hop on a Zoom or let's hop See, on a call. See, we do that because service based, like people, oh, people just it's a whole different switch from coaching. Um, That's fair. That yeah. is fair. It's like it's I have to do sales. Well, I shouldn't say have to. I like doing sales calls on our end because that gives me a chance to actually sell them. Like I like being in control of the sale. So. If someone does a 60 minute strategy session with me, that's a paid sales call. Yeah. So well, that's uh, 60 minutes. Yeah. It's a paid sales call. Meaning I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to share with you the next steps of how you can continue to work with me. Cause we're not going to be able to get it done in an hour. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to get some real good stuff done in an hour. But so if you're a coach, in my opinion, my expert opinion, I believe that you should not be offering discovery, 15 minute discovery calls. There should have some type of skin in the game. Cause it's just weird. I'm like, why would they give why would they do a free call? And guess what? They don't have any buy-in. Ultimately, you're going to you're going to quote unquote ask them to invest in themselves. And if you're starting at free, well, that's what your freebie or your opt-in is for, not yeah. a discovery call. That should not be your freebie. Yeah. I actually thought of like personal training. They had to pay $25 for a consultation with us. I'm like, oh yeah. See, that's skin in the game, right? You know, it, and and there's just something psychological between the exchange of energy of, of money of buy-in like, okay, I'm committed at some level because I've paid for something. Yeah. Yeah. So those, I would say, I mean, there's a bunch of different common mistakes, but I would say those are kind of the two big ones. Okay. So I want to dive deeper into how, you know, ways to actually convert clients. But before we get there, let's talk about what advice do you have for people how to find clients, ideal clients on Instagram? Well, it starts with you, right? It all, it all starts with you. Remember, you may think you know your ideal client, but if you don't know you. So people find you, remember over a billion users on Instagram, people find you through your feed and they do that through reels and hashtags. So people, that's where your reach grows, right? Is, is people, the searchability is through reels and, and hashtags. So when they land on your feed, you have four seconds, they have, they take four seconds or less to decide if they want to follow you. And that's because they know who you are, what you do and how you can help them because your bio is optimized. That's how they stay. But how you keep them is through the stories. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, 
And so in order to generate more leads, you have to have first have your bio optimized because if you do some real and for some reason you do go viral, like you said, are those people really your ideal client? Well, let's just for the you know, sake of the story, say they are, we'll say they come over to your podcast, but the real was on, you know, you pranking your grandma with like <laughs> fake, I don't know, something fake poop, <laughs> fake poop. And Instead you, of Angie. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Cause I, she always is pranking people with poop, but you're not, you're not a gut. Branding. <laughs> yeah. But you're not a gut health specialist. Now, if you're a gut health specialist, that would actually be a really fun, that cool way, yeah. way to incorporate, you know, bowel movements to your audience. But if it's not, if you're selling something else and helping people in a different area, you just essentially great. You added, added entertainment to the space, but that's not your end goal. If that was your entertain, like mixing a little bit of entertainment can be good for like your current audience to kind of mix things up a little bit, but most of your content should be about what you do. Yeah. I would say 80% of your content should be niche specific. So that's the biggest way to generate more leads is to make sure you have your your foundation of your house built and your foundation mm, is your yeah. bio. Absolutely. And you know, they also when they land on your page, part of that four second kind of first impression is the aesthetics of your feed. Now you don't have to have it matchy matchy, but it does have Instagram is a visually pleasing app. You still have to have some type of I do. I mean, that's yeah. what I look at when I go to accounts like do you have text on your photos? Is it easy to read? Is it messy? Is it clean? Like, like Emmy said, it doesn't have to be picture quote picture. The gone are the days are that one thing that I've actually been doing is like picture a lighter picture, picture like a darker, lighter, darker, lighter Oh, to kind of break up and give it depth. So it, it essentially visually when someone looks at it, their it's eyes easier. are, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's smart because it's the same with captions, right? Before Instagram finally got hip to the whole, uh, let us do paragraph breaks. Remember yeah. we had to go to that oh one app. <laughs> what is that guy? Was it a guy? It always looked like a girl, remember, but it was kind of guy. He what is he doing? What is he doing now? I wonder. I don't know. God, I forgot about that. Yeah. This was not always the case where you could have paragraph breaks and line breaks. And we had in to put caption. the lines. Yes. Ugh. Or emoji. Yes. It was, but the part of that was not because we just wanted it to look cool. It's that's strategic Easier. for the eye, especially think about how people consume that are not business owners. People consume this app. How are they behaving on this app? They're scrolling with their index finger and then they're tapping. Yeah. Scroll up, scroll mindlessly. Up. Yeah. So you have to literally break up visually so that they can read. I mean, it's almost like back when I worked in corporate, I would write an email and the one or two sentence I for sure wanted the person to read, I would actually yeah, put in bold. Cause you know that. Yeah. <laughs> cause I'm like, they're only going to read this bold part. So I'm going to put it in there. So that's yeah. smart. That's no, smart. The, the easier that you can make it for them, this goes back to even your clients easier that you can make it for your clients. Um, the less energy they have to use. And then I mean, for yeah. us, the less energy our clients have to use, they're like, Oh, I want to work with you more. Yeah. So Make sure your bio's optimized. That's the best place to start. Yeah. And I definitely want to dive deeper into that. I think I have another episode that dives deeper into the bio. Perfect. Or you have some resources too. Um, let's now talk about, so once we have our ideal clients, and it doesn't have to be, you could build a six-figure business with a 1,000 followers. Yes. 3,000 followers. So let's say we have those ideal clients. We have our community. How do we actually convert them and start making money through Instagram? Well, you got to figure out what their pain points are. And that's part of working and crafting your ideal client profile. Mm -hmm. You know, what keeps them up at night? What, what are they stressed out about? What, if they could wave a magic wand they would have in their life? What are their dreams? What are their goals? You know, all of these different types of things. Do you need to know your ideal client? Like, you know, your best friend. You need to know her in and out that you can create content from a place that speaks directly to her or him. Okay. My ideal client's a, a girl. So I always tend to go with that first. You need to know those things because if you're just creating content that again, is for your ego, it's me content. It might look pretty, but it's not going to convert. 
So in regards to conversion, you really do have to have kind of a two-pronged approach. You have to fish and you have to hunt to Mm -hmm. find these leads. So fishing is what I teach as curiosity marketing, you know, creating content that creates curiosity, that creates conversations. So that's creating content that creates curiosity, that creates conversations. That is part of the whole two-pronged approach in regards to to finding these these leads and actually converting them. The the second part of that is the finding them, right? Is the hunting. You're going to go out and locate where are these ideal clients hanging out? Are they hanging out on another profile I like to call targeted account of someone's doing something similar to what you would be doing? You know, are they hanging out there? Are they engaged in that that content? Well, if it's similar content, not copied content, okay, please do not just go copy people. Yeah, don't do that. Right? Uh, Courtney and actually we were just talking about how we had to unfollow a bunch of, of peers in our industry, yeah. each of our respective industry, because when you start to cons- when you continue to consume a lot of other people's stuff, you almost are like, is that mine? Is that yeah, theirs? You don't like, copy them. No, you don't want to copy. So you utilize the strategy of having targeted accounts for a very specific pers- purpose. And the only reason I do it is for engagement. And so going out, interacting, building relationship, having conversations with ideal clients. So it's fishing and hunting. But let's go back to that because I know people are going to listen to this and be like, but Emmy, like, what do you mean? Conversations. I'm an introvert. What what do I say? You say hi. (laughs) (laughs) I do not teach cold messaging. I teach organic growth. I teach being, again, it's an extension of you and you're putting the social back in social media. In my affiliate marketing business, I do have a very successful team where we operate over $100,000 of volume in a month's time. And so I, I have a lot of mentorship and coaching that I do for sales in the DMs because sales and conversion doesn't happen in a reel. It doesn't happen in the comments. It does happen in the DMs. That's why I teach so much on stories because I think it's the best way to organically get into DMs. And so part of this hunting strategy, if you will, is once you find a target account, then you go and you find some ideal clients, you're going to comment on their posts. And then you're also going to interact with their stories. Genuinely. like Genuinely. Yes. So for me, um, you know, I do two things. I do an emoji response Oh, like to their stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. Because that gets you in. That's what I normally would do to my if to my friends. Yes. Story. Yes. You do that. But then on another story, you also write something. And it can be like, like oh, I gosh, love your so, shirt. Yeah, I love Where'd your shirt. Where'd you get it from? Now you can't enter into these conversations with expectations. Uh-huh. You actually have to leave those at the door. And I don't teach, you know, some of my training originates from network marketing. So my traditional kind of like reach out type of training. Make a list of 50 people, yeah. friends and family. But remember, they used to tell you like the long game. And this is why I teach my clients that are like, have like MLM PTSD is that you don't play the long game. And, and that's actually part of like what I said about weird. If you're not selling, if you're in a conversation with something, someone and you don't offer, they've presented to you like, Hey, like, you know, just today someone said, was asking about their stories. And I said, Hey, okay. Part of having conversations, asking questions. Mm-hmm. I said, Hey, so is that something that like, do you currently struggle with your stories? Yeah. And she said, yes. And you know what I said? I go, okay, I have a solution. Exactly. I said, I actually just, you know, that's one of my areas of expertise is stories. And I just created something that will help you know exactly what to post in your Instagram stories that will not only make them binge worthy, and have people coming back for more, but it will help strangers go from strangers to actually pay clients. Do you want me to send you the link? Yeah. There's a question. You always, when you're having a conversation with someone, you always want to end with a question. You don't have to be extroverted to ask questions. You don't have to be extroverted to have a conversation. I don't send video memos to everyone. I don't send voice memos to everyone. And you don't have to, like, I don't do voice memos. No. So be you genuinely and authentically you be a human first. And if you have a solution for their problem, it's weird if you don't offer it because they came to you for a reason in the first place. Yeah. They have a problem. You have a solution. It's just a conversation. 
The best way I like when I used to do coaching is pretend you're having, what would you say if this was a person you met at a networking event? Yes. Yes. That's what that's I told exactly my exactly what it is. That's what I told my team. Cause we have this new bio cell, this liquid collagen that, um, has, um, it's for immune focus. And so some of the conversations that they're in, they're oh, like, COVID. well, no, no, no. no I mean, that would be an easy, well, yeah, stay away. We stay away from that. And okay. I told them, <laughs> I go, oh man, no, I'm, no, I'm like, stay away from that. Like, do not talk about that. One, you can't make mental claims Two, like, you never know what people's opinions are on that subject, unfortunately. Yeah. And so you don't want to like, you don't want the messenger to get shot before they're even there to send the message. But I said, like, if you were at, you know, coffee or something with your girlfriend and you saw her take, uh, you know, a elderberry supplement, I mean, maybe that's just me because I've taken supplements my whole life and I love like health and wellness. That's a value of mine. And I'd be like, Oh, what is that? What is that you're taking? You know, if I asked Courtney, she wouldn't say, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Can you imagine? That'd be so weird. Right. So don't make it weird. It's just, that's why I say it's just an extension of you. And it's just, it's just an extension of how you would be normally. Yeah. So say you could say, Oh yeah, I take this. And then say I was trying to sell her something, like say I was trying to sell her this immune thing. I'm like, oh, well, have you thought about maybe like, maybe said she said she took like a bunch. She took like zinc, elderberry, and collagen and protein. She had four different things. I could say, oh, have you ever thought about, you know, if you, would it be helpful for you if you had all those different pills and stuff in one, just like tablespoon? Mm -hmm. And then if she says, great, yes. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like I actually just got this new thing. Do you want to try and compare it to what you've already taken? Again, it's always asking a question. And what's the worst that can happen? They say no. Yeah. She's like, no, I've never thought about that, but I'm not really like, I'm happy with what I'm taking. Yeah. I'm like, cool. Let me try it. And then I'll compare it to what I'm taking. You know what I mean? Yeah. This, I think the sooner you get, and I talk about this a lot, the sooner you get comfortable with rejection, the faster that you'll see success in your business. It's, I mean, we're all scared of rejection, but you have to get comfortable with that. Yeah, because you know who you are. I always say yeah. when you know who you are that's and who you are. That yep, is exactly. really, that's afraid of that. Totally. Um, okay. Good so, stuff. This is good stuff. I hope you're taking notes. And if you're driving, all these nuggets. Don't take notes. If you're driving, please pull over. <laughs> now. <laughs> um, okay. So a few questions to wrap up. Just out of curiosity, do you plan your content ahead of time? What's your strategy for that? Oh Mine is really different. And mine's different in different seasons. So right now I am just ending a launch. So usually for launch, I do try and plan out in some capacity, my content, just because there's so many different moving pieces. Yeah. And I'm also currently, we're also like really, our, our business is growing very much. So all, all of them. And so in order for me to give the attention that I need, I'm very much an organic. I I am a true content creator. Like that's my zone of genius. I love, I love that. That lights me up making reels, making videos, writing captions, writing things like I love that, but I can't just wake up whenever I want and then be like, Oh, what am I going to do today? Let me like, you know, write some posts. And I don't have time to do that. I have other responsibilities. I also have a life outside of business and I fit my business into my life, not my life into my business. So Right now, as things are scaling and growing, I am becoming more and more structured. Mm-hmm. So for this launch, it was a, a kind of a two-week pre-launch, during launch, and I'll have a little bit of a post-launch. I knew what kind of content I was going to post each day in Instagram. Okay. So I use my notes section in my phone. I don't, I'm not a big tech, I'm like tech challenge. So I don't use Trello. I don't use boards. I don't use, what is it? ClickUp? ClickUp. I don't use ClickUp. ClickUp is like. Yeah. Like Courtney was like doing all these notes on this click up for these podcasts. I'm like, Oh my God, that seems where I'm like, I just push play on my podcast and I just talk. Yeah. Like, I'm like, Oh God, that I was starting to get anxiety. <laughs> it's like, I was eating hives. I'm like, do you have Benadryl? Cause I, <laughs> it, but it's crazy how like people just think differently. Yeah. Like I work different. I just, I like to have certain questions, um, that I think of because I also have ADD. So my brain is always like totally. in many different places. Totally. The show could co- go completely different. So it totally could. We could waste a lot of time. I mean, we would. I think we I'd would have. We would have fun and just oh, yeah. like hanging out too. That yeah. would be a kind of but a fun would it podcast. Be valuable? Yeah. Oh, I mean, you don't know. Don't we should know. do a reality show. No. 
Courtney's like, hard no. Okay. Well, I will have one eventually. So <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> Give it a couple of years. Um, but I will know like, hey, I'm going to do a repost in the AM and I'm going to do a reel in the e- evening or I'm going to do a podcast episode post and then a reel. You know, so I'll know what type of content and then I know what the launch is about. So yeah. everything, all roads lead to, you know, in this case, Instagram stories, my cash money, Instagram stories, membership. So then what I do, so I have what days I have, what I'm going to do. Then if it's reels for reels specifically, what I'll do is I'll set a timer for 15 minutes. I'll go into reels I'll mine for trending audio, and then I'll use my note section app as well. I'll click on the three dots in the bottom right-hand corner that say more. I'll say, I'll copy the link and I'll put that link in the section underneath the part where I said I was going to do a reel that day. Mm. So then I know, and then I usually film my reels and then I edit when I post them. So I'll film like three reels at a time and then I'll edit, like add the captions and wording. And I don't really do any transitions. Yeah, I don't do any transitions because again, I'm tech challenged. And at the end of the day, it's not going to make or break. Like, yes, transitions are cool. I can't do it. But like, yeah, if you're spending two hours trying to YouTube how to do this one transition, not worth it. Not worth it at all. Okay. They're cool to look at. For those who do it, props to you. Yeah. And if it comes easy to you, if it comes easy to you, great. That's not for me, something I prioritize as a time, you know, something to, to do with my time. I, I can make money quicker doing something else than a transition. So it's so funny that you edit it later. Yeah, I don't I have I don't to know. do it right there because guess what? I forget. I'm like, crap, what, why did I do this reel again? So when, in my notes section, I'll you write, have it. I wrote, I'll write reel. I'll have the link and I'll put my idea. Yeah. Like true. Whatever. If it's a reel that someone else is in a different niche, I'll put what I'm going to put for my, the, in my niche. The, the t- uh, words on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's just, but that hasn't always been my strategy. I usually tend to be more organic, but I've basically had to really button that up if I want to take my business to the next level. Yeah. Okay, I think now is a good time to take a break. And so stay tuned for next week for part two. As always, thanks for listening. And if you love this podcast, don't forget to subscribe or leave a review on iTunes and share it with a friend or on Instagram to help support the show. If you want additional resources to help you grow your business, you can find them on my website at CourtneyMarieCo.com or below in the show notes.